0: Hi, and welcome to Cosmic Style, where we explore mystical modalities like tarot, astrology, lunar living, and magic to help us live better lives. I'm Leah, a tarot consultant, professional astrology nerd, and cosmic stylist. Let's get into it. Hi, hello. How is your November feeling so far? For me, At least it feels like a huge exhale after October. Now that we've cleared the eclipses, we're also closing out this eclipse-heavy moon cycle this week. So we're in the waning moon phase. We're going to head into the dark moon, uh, the balsamic moon at the end of this week. And then we'll have a new cycle starting um, on Monday with the Scorpio new moon. So, I've been feeling really reflective on this year and the past few months in particular. I just went on a retreat with some friends. It was very witchy and beautiful. But I realized typically when I go on some sort of retreat, I have like a pretty strong intention or something I'm looking to get out of it. And this retreat was more about just sharing, feeling abundant. Like, and just being reflective of where I am and what feels good. And it was actually very nice to not be (laughs) actively doing the healing work um, and just being and reflecting on how far I've come and what my journey's been this year. And now I finally feel like I have some visibility on the rest of the year and even the beginning of next year um, without even trying too hard so I hope you take this week to do a little reflecting now that we've we've kind of come through those eclipses and just you know because we are in this waning moon you know we're in waning crescent we're going to be in the dark moon Um, it's it's a time for going inward for slowing down a little bit for resting a little bit more and for feeling into all the lessons of this cycle which may have been a lot to process with those two eclipses um, on the day this comes out we have our moon in Virgo our waning crescent in Virgo And the sun is in Scorpio. And so this is a great time to get shit done as we are wrapping up the cycle, right? We can tie up some loose ends. We can process and analyze some stuff with that Virgo. And we can be really discerning about what we put our energy towards. And very strategic with that Scorpio moon as well. So it's like very uh, specific uh, deliberate actions to take on these Virgo moon days and then from Thursday to Saturday we have the moon and Libra for the weekend which is always really nice the moon and Libra wants to socialize and initiate relationship so reaching out to those that you want to catch up with um, or just that inner circle, and it's really great for balancing and harmonizing, so just getting a little bit more of what you need if it's been lacking in your life, so if that's rest, maybe it's less socializing and a little bit more cozy internal time, you know, I have Libra in my fourth house, so I love a Libra weekend for just making the home feel a little refreshed and beautiful and rebalanced and connecting to you know my partner and the people kind of within my home but do with that what you want and then Sunday we'll have the moon will move into Scorpio in that very dark moon right before that new moon and I'll talk all about this new moon and Scorpio in our next episode on Friday and I thought I'd pull a card for us for this week um the card that I pulled is the eight of swords And the Eight of Swords says, you aren't stuck, but you may have thought yourself into a corner. You may have just had such an abundance, an overabundance of thinking and spiraling that you now feel like you don't know which way to go or that you can't move forward. But this card also states that you are the hero of your own story here which means that you get to make changes to your thoughts and words to help you reframe and reroute. And while you might not be able to logic or intellectualize your way out here, right? We're in that swordsy territory, but it, it looks as though the swords are keeping us enclosed or making us feel enclosed. So we might need to pivot a little bit. And even if we can't logic our way out of it, you can still trust yourself. So I invite you to think about taking small steps forward this week, even if you don't know where you're going, taking those initiating steps so that you can start to feel that forward movement, so you can start to see that you aren't quite as trapped as you think. And I invite you to feel into your next right moves rather than overthink or think your way to the next right move. So you want to feel into it, right? In the Smith Rider weight, we see a blindfolded figure. Their arms are bound. There's a blindfold over their eyes, but their feet are not bound. So you can feel into that next step. And gain confidence slowly. That's how confidence is really gained, right? Building it one action at a time. And I think that is our mission here this week. What can you do? It's just going to reinforce your confidence a little bit, invite you to kind of take some power back through small actions that feel aligned. I hope that was helpful. Let me know if you want me to keep doing a card of the week. Sometimes I just skip it because I feel like we're already covering some cards or um, we have a lot to talk about on a given day. And so I just... Dig right in, but I think it can be a nice, perhaps, ritual for these Wednesday episodes. And our episode today, the meat of it, the bulk, ew. (laughs) Okay, forget I even said that. I don't know. Anyway, whatever. Um, (laughs) The the main part of the episode tonight is what I'm trying to talk about, um, is... I thought we'd go into my own birth chart today partly for you to see how you can maybe follow a similar process for getting to know your own chart um maybe you know you know your smr your sun moon rising but you're not quite sure how it interacts or um you've kind of got your chart but you still feel a little overwhelmed this isn't going to be like a step-by-step step how to read your chart but you can kind of see how I approach my own um, and you know studying my own has been my gateway into astrology it's where most people start with this sort of stuff so um, that's one part that maybe will help you with um, and then Partly, um, it's for you to get to know me as your host and guide here. Like, who is this bitch? Do I even like her? Um, Where has she been? What does she know? Why am I listening to her? Um, And yeah, I just, I think this process is so near and dear to me and so important uh, in getting to learn my own birth chart. It just started as something that i was really curious about you know i had always been aware of astrology for as long as i can remember and i was always intrigued by it you know reading horoscopes in the paper with my mom or you know just accumulating this little bank of always knowing my family members sun signs and my friends sun signs this has just always been a habit for me right but i think when i found astrology and really started to deep dive you know i think learning my rising sign was the the secondary thing i ever learned and that was just that thing that clicked in for me and went oh my god okay this makes a lot more sense and really sucked me in with that curiosity after that and the rest is history um but yeah, when I found astrology, like when I really started digging into it um, about a decade ago, um, I didn't like myself. <laughs> I didn't like myself much at all. I didn't really even know who I was or what I wanted. And I was so lucky in so many ways in having really strong relationships that steadied me and held me accountable and helped me grow, um, like in terms of my long-term partner um, and my friendships. Um, but that, like astrology was, and, and working with the moon prior to really getting into the nitty-gritty of astrology Um, were really the things that started this journey of self-exploration, right? And it helped give me a framework and a way to talk about this new self-knowledge I was starting to acquire. And with that knowledge came a degree of acceptance and eventually embracing parts of myself, But it really helped me do some excavating and some shadow work with myself. Um, And I can, I think, between working with the moon and as an extension, working, learning more about astrology and combining the two, I can really trace that to the thing that really started to help me like myself. And know who I was and feel like I had roots and a sense of direction. And it really led me to figuring out what gifts I had, you know, I still doubt myself on this, but starting to use some of my natural inclinations and start expressing myself um, for who I knew myself to be. And it it has led to self-actualizing and finding these layers of potential through taking action in alignment with these things that I learned about myself, where I knew to be true about myself, but had that confirmation from my chart. So I'm getting a little bit in the weeds here, but I care so much about this stuff because it's given so much to me, learning astrology. It's just been <laughs> uh, one of the, my favorite things that I've done in my life and yeah let's let's jump in um so uh i should probably have my chart up here but i pretty much have it memorized i am a leo sun cancer rising and a taurus moon and north node um and obviously leo sun was something i always always knew about like i said i was familiar with my sun sign and um And in the context of, you know, who else I knew and where I was and to a degree I identified with it. But as I got older, especially like into my 20s, like in college, post-college, I did not want to be that Leo's son. It felt like too much. I wanted to hide myself um, in a lot of different ways and the cancer rising of it all being the thing that really sucked me in. I was like, oh, this is interesting. Because that cancer is so protective and so sensitive and caring. And I think Leo is very sensitive, too, because Leo needs all that feedback. They need recognition. They need, you know, words of affirmation um, to to be the fuel to their fire. But I really felt that, like, hypersensitive, uh, intuitive watery cancer vibes explain so much about my chart and it does right like your rising sign is sort of a lens or a filter or a flavor that affects your whole chart because your rising sign starts your first house of identity and your vibe um and it's it's so essential and so and because as such it like because it's the cusp of your first house so it initiates your first house. Of course, your whole chart is filtered by that, right? Because it kicks off your whole house system, your rising signs, where your first house starts, and then it continues, counterclockwise all the way around back to twelve. So, uh, being a Cancer flavored leo made a, a lot a lot of sense to me and continues to today you know i care a lot i cry at the drop of a hat i'm very emotional my emotions come on very strong and then they they recede and i and learning that i was um, ruled by the moon you know we are the our ruling planet is the planet that rules our rising sign um, and so cancer is ruled by the moon I am ruled by the moon and even though Leo and I have such strong Leo placements in that second house um, and I have a Leo stellium that is very solar I am also very lunar I have a night chart I was born right before sunrise um, and I am i a very lunar girl as well as being very solar, and that's just that, that strong duality in my chart, right? But I was working with the moon before I really, really, really learned this. I had a moon tattoo before I really, really learned um, about this, about the fact that I was ruled by the moon. Um, and so it's just so interesting the ways we are already, we're always living out our charts. We're always living out our charts in some way, even if we're completely unaware of it, Right um and i i kind of would love to do a, pot, a whole podcast episode or a little segment of just people telling me the tattoos that they got before they had a, a knowledge of astrology or even you know their tarot constellation or something and then later finding out how how totally aligned it is for them um but that is my my little moon tattoo for sure like reading about um goddess archetypes and artemis as an archetype and her association with the moon i just so identified with that energy and i think i still do today um but you know just in a in a different way but yeah um but yes that that cancer rising you know there's there's such a um a great opportunity a like a huge theme around vulnerability for cancer because there is such like um, a abundance of feeling and care you know there's this real urge to care for things with cancer and nurture them it is associated with with the mothering energy and i like to say that it is you know it, my life is colored with or filtered through <laughs> some mommy issues and I do attribute that to my cancer rising um and it's my life my life's work to um you know negotiate my identity as a mother now and the ways in which I judge myself for be for being the type of mother that I am or not and my relationships to all of the mother figures in my life um, have been some of my biggest teachers and so I really see that throughout Um, but yeah that that cancer urge to protect what you care about protect your vulnerability get the pinchers out (laughs) you know get a little moody in defense of like that that Um, really soft center and yeah I've had a lot of lessons even in the past year around my own capacity for or like aperture is that even the right word like my ability to be more vulnerable to shed my shell a little bit in the appropriate contexts Um, because I found that I could either yeah, overshare or be vulnerable in the inappropriate context or just totally shut down and then like put up those hard walls and shells. Um, even with the people that it was safe to do, to, to let it down with. So it's just all these like echoes of these themes are always going to surface and come back around as transits hit them, as we go through different years of our lives and different phases of our lives. Um, But I think just having that awareness of these things, it doesn't cause these problems. Um, And sure, you could make the argument that if you're focusing on them, they're going to come out more. Sure, absolutely. But I, I always just think of it more as a tool. Rather than listing all my shadow and my problems with it, it's just something that I think it's important for me to be self-aware with these things and figure out how I can use them and work with them in a way that feels good and that leads me down this path of acting in alignment with myself, feeling like I'm acting in integrity, and being loving and caring towards myself, which is still not easy from the place that I started in, but has improved so much over, over the last decade especially of my life is really when I've done the 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 most of this work and let's talk about my Leo son I guess um probably the reason why we're all here you know I'm freaking talking about my own birth chart talking about myself like Leos like to do but that's actually been a huge part of my shadow right about denying my Leo parts is um feeling so much shame when I would talk about myself or when I would put myself like front and center or when I would try to, you know, be in the spotlight in some way, even if it's a small way or like making myself too big, too bold or too loud. Um, And I think the past few years have been really healing for me around that. Two years ago, I had My second daughter, who is a Leo rising and Leo moon. And I think ever since she's come into my life, and ever since we moved down to New Orleans, I've really started to embrace my Leo parts a lot more. And it's been huge in just the evolution of what I'm focusing on in my career and the way I'm focusing on it. And you know, Leo's in my second house. Um, my Mercury is there, my Mars is there, and my Sun is there. And so, to me, you know, second house is resources and what I value and my worth. And it's just the money, the way I make money in my life. Turns out being me is a very important aspect to me making money, as is me communicating, writing, speaking and using my story, my stories about myself to fuel my work in the world. So I've, that Leo Mercury in the second, or the Mercury in the second, just in general, I've made my money through words for most of my life, through writing and editing, working in media. I've worked in magazines and online publishing. Um, I've worked at websites. I've worked in book publishing. I've gotten paid to write and create books, um, and most recently, a tarot deck. Like, and, and all of those were fueled by my words and by my own understanding of the world. My Mercury is retrograde, by the way, so it's a little bit more introspective. Um, but yeah, the way I've learned the most and my career has followed this path of me just experimenting um, and trying things for myself and then translating that to... How I can share that with other people, and maybe that'll maybe that will help them too by me sharing my story. Um, and yeah, my my Mars being there—it's just like my motivation is so aligned with what I feel just lit up by and excited about and passionate about. Like, if I can't, if I'm not excited and passionate about it. <laughs> it's not going to get a lot of traction. There's, it's just so hard for me if I'm not completely lit up. And I, I sort of can see that connection to human design too, which is a whole nother episode, which I would actually love. I'm, I'm going to try to get a guest on to talk about human design. Um, cause I've only studied it like for my very personal purposes. Um, and there's so much to learn, but I'm a manifesting generator in, human design and i can really see that in this leo stellium like so much um and yeah that leo sun just wanting to shine and to self-express like self-expression is a huge value for me and you can imagine having shadow around that um, is not super helpful, but I feel like in the past few years, I've really broken through that in a new way. And that's kind of where cosmic style was generated from, was realizing that I was not expressing these Leo parts of myself in my daily personal expression, which to me is very closely associated with the way I dress and the way I adorn myself. And I was—I think I was very much leaning on my Cancer Rising and my Taurus Moon, which I love and are totally a part of my style and beautiful, but I was trying to, I was a lot more like muted or like trying to do a neutral thing. And I was living in New York too, which is very uh, neutral or black um, in just the tone of the way people dress. But, um, yeah, I was so affected by, like, other things and, like, kind of the style of the, of the <laughs> wellness girlies of, like, the early 2010s and things like that. Like, I think I wanted this, like, very clean, neutral because that's how I felt like I should be. And, you know, my Taurus moon is in the 10th, so I'm sort of, like, reflecting what I think others maybe want from me sometimes. Um, but... I came to, you know, really realize that I felt so good when I was, like, wearing these brighter colors or bold patterns or fun things or things with sequins and, like, you know, I'm not like that all the time, but I think... Being in New Orleans, a city that's like so colorful and spending some Mardi Gras down here and like building out our costume closet just really brought out my Leo beast and was like, this is so much fun. And there were definitely things that I've I've bought from my costume closet for Mardi Gras that I'm like, actually, I could wear this in everyday life and it would be pretty sweet. And it's just... I think it's been this real coming home moment because I think you know the sun in astrology everyone knows their sun sign for the most part and it's very easy to gloss over it right because it's like oh it can be like this ego expression or whatever and and it absolutely can there can be that ego shell around but there still is that that little dot in the center of the glyph that is so purely you and it is you know the center of things; it's the heart of things, and so really allowing myself to explore that has been so much fun, so enlightening, and it's and and that's it. Like that's my Leo piece, right? Like my Leo just wants to play and have fun and be childlike and um, and really like gas people up and and feel joyful and one of my key ways of expressing that is through my clothes. You know, it's my second house too. It's like I love I love buying clothes. I love getting dressed. I love like acquiring these things and curating my wardrobe and the ways in which that can serve to be an extension of my expression. So, of course, my expression is my voice. It's my writing. It's the way I, you know, show up in conversation. But dress is absolutely a part of that and i can i can highly recommend playing with it as just a very like mundane way to be like huh this part of my chart i don't really feel a strong connection to but like what is it asking me to express especially when it's something so central so big as your son but If all of this talk of self-expression in alignment with your astrology chart is interesting to you please consider booking a cosmic style reading with me where we will deep dive into your needle chart and uncover where the kernels of your personal style lie and how you can express them in a way that feels true to you and lights you up i also am offering natal chart readings as well as tarot readings and tarot tutoring sessions and gift certificates for all of my offerings for the holiday season so check out my website at leavandervelt.com and contact me if you have any questions bye One of my friends on the internet the other day actually sent me uh, this little saying, and it brought me to tears (laughs) because it reminded me so much of this Leo sun work that I've done. And it says, and for the record, I am obsessed with disco balls. I feel like it's such a fun kind of Leo emblem of being this like shiny, bright light It's almost like that Leo sun cancer moon, right? We're reflecting that light of the sun with the disco ball a little bit, but Leo sun being like this fun icon of, you know, dance and expression. And anyway, it's a quote about a disco ball. (laughs) It's like, uh, thank you, Sam, for sending this to me. It's a disco ball is a hundred pieces of broken glass put together to make a magical ball of light. You are not broken. You are a disco ball. And I think that's like essentially been my Leo Sun journey in a nutshell, or Leo Stellium journey in a nutshell. Um, okay, speaking of reflective satellites, <laughs> let's talk about... <laughs> The moon. Um, I have a Taurus moon, which is one of my favorite parts of my chart because sometimes it doesn't feel like me because I am, you know, I'm ruled by that Taurus moon. I'm ruled by the moon as a Cancer rising, and those Cancer emotions are are a ride. They are a roller coaster sometimes, and I am able to feel quickly and move through feelings quickly when I allow myself to fully feel. Whereas, like a lot of stuff reading about my Taurus moon, it's like, oh, you're very secure. You're steady in your emotions. I'm like, uh-uh, uh, <laughs> not quite. Um, but I love thinking about the moon in terms of uh, this, like what we need to feel nourished and cared for. And so some in some schools, it's like associated with the mother or the parent. And I think that's lovely. That hasn't rung true for me. Uh, but I do think it is one of those things where it's like, this is what I need to feel nourished and cared for and to feel secure. Um, but that doesn't necessarily mean I got it during my childhood. Right. So, and I think exploring our moon signs, getting in touch with it really can help us with the act of reparenting ourselves or for caring for ourselves in adulthood. If we feel a little bit adrift with that theme and so what that Taurus moon means to me is that I need I need a steady place I need a like a, a a grounded home filled with things that I care about I need a beautiful home and a beautiful space to feel steady. I need consistent relationships and consistent people around me supporting me I need, to feel comfortable. I need to be able to feel like things can be easy. I need to also be able to put in steady, dedicated, hard work towards something to build towards something. And I need good food. You know, I'm thinking about all these Torian things around the senses, right? I need all my f- senses to be feeling like good and okay. And I feel like when a lot of that is is in alignment, I do feel like that that steadiness of emotion right but like getting the environment right is very important to me ambience is very important to me comfortable clothes are very important to me I need to be able to feel like I can move and breathe and rest and repose um with that Taurus moon and it's knowing like you know I do some of my best creative work and healing when I am able to blob out on the couch, in bed. I need to be able to rest when I need to and not feel guilty for that rest. And especially when you, you know, live in capitalism and live in a house full of people who may also have ADHD and other uh, squiggly bra- brained issues and are constantly going and moving and like riding this anxious wave and like just so busy with work or getting things done or like constantly on the move you feel like it's wrong to take this rest time, to take this blob time, but then actually, like, for me, recognizing that it's a very important part of my creative cycle, my, um, and my self-care and the way in which I can feel secure when I have that spaciousness to just take some downtime, some rest time, some good couch time. Um, oh my gosh. Okay, I don't... I, there's so much more I could go into here. Um, like, it, And I, maybe I will touch on two more things. And if this stuff is interesting to you, or if you want to kind of explore your chart with me, perhaps in an episode or have like a specific question around it, maybe a cosmic style question, um, please let me know because I think working with charts in this way in a more conversational way, Way or seeing how they kind of really individually apply to you, I think can be a really helpful and fun way of exploring. Um, but I will—I would just mention my career. I already kind of touched on that with that Mercury in the second house. I also have an Aries midheaven, and this also to me really speaks to that manifesting generatorness where I've. I've got to try things i got to self-actualize by like getting out there and just doing it and that mid heavens we're at the cusp of the 10th house which is um you know our reputation and where we're kind of seen out in the world and often it's associated with career or just your goals um or aspirations it's that high noon part of your chart so where are you at noon you're usually like out in the world doing chip people see you so that Aries piece, I, I really, I do go after what I want pretty intensely and I, I, I get all these ideas, get really excited about it and just like, woof, like go right into it um, for better or worse. And it's also just like, yeah, that iteration, that self-actualization through just like taking action, trying things. And it's that entrepreneurialness I've known for so long. I worked for so long for other people, and it never, ever felt right. And I always got very um, just disenchanted very quickly with workplaces and with the ethos and was very, like, would just see very quickly, like, oh, I can't be here long term. And it was for a while very... Um, it was a little source of shame for me, having like moved very quickly, like or like only spent two years at each job or whatever it is. Now it's very common for millennials um, to have that same path, but at the time, uh, I was pretty judgmental to myself about it. But it was it was just that like Aries heaven, like right, okay, we learned this, like let's let's pivot, let's move, um, and just yeah, really that ability to like. Try things and needing to be able to like try them at my own quick pace as opposed to um, the pace of other people around me or bosses and things like that. So that Aries Midheaven is very, very real, very felt for me for sure. And the the final thing about my chart that I really just wanted to mention today is that I have a Gemini. I have a Chiron in Gemini in my eleventh house and this feels very podcasty to me and if you don't know anything about chiron this is an asteroid it's not it's like a maybe considered like a minor planet asteroid body um that's their their kind of archetype is the wounded healer and so it's this area in our lives um these themes in our lives that are always gonna there's always gonna be a wound there there's always gonna be a little tension a little friction But when we start to work with it, we can really start to heal ourselves. And also, others get the benefit of our healing when we are doing our Chiron work. And Gemini being this very curious, very um, verbal, uh, quick-minded space, I've always kind of doubted my intelligence doubted what i know even though i am such a curious person i love learning i if and and part of this job that i have now is about you know getting paid to be me getting paid to learn things and share my knowledge and it's been so healing <laughs> and especially starting this podcast i feel like the 11th house the 11th house is like our community, our groups, our ideals, our hopes for the future. It's like, it is, it was associated with the internet. I think the internet's kind of moving a third house because it's such a part of our day-to-day. But like, I do kind of think about that like wider audience or like this airwave space being associated with the 11th. So really broadcasting and sharing my voice. Gemini, you know, rolls the lungs. It's very much about speaking and communicating and processing. And so using my voice in this modality, sharing it with you is just part of the work I feel like is in alignment with my Chiron right now. and i just want to thank you for listening thank you for being here thank you for being a part of my 11th house ish and um and helping me do this this chiron work of expressing myself and you know having faith in what i know and what the the knowledge that i've accumulated these these past you know decades of my life and um Yeah, and letting me shine a little bit, letting me talk about myself a little bit. Ooh, the Leo shadow is real. Um, But let me know if any of this is hitting home for you. Um, And yeah, just if you want more of this stuff. And yeah, we can figure out some fun ways to do that, I think. But I, yeah, again... Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening, for being here. And I'll be back in a couple days to talk about the new moon in Scorpio. Get ready. Get ready. See you soon. If you liked this episode, please share it with a friend or throw us five stars. And if you'd like to book a reading with me or check out my workshops, you can find me at leavandervelt.com. And you can support this podcast by joining my Substack.